WWF, what the world is watching. Right now, we're going to take you to Mean Gene Oakland, who's standing by with World Wrestling Federation champion, Hulk Hogan. With me at this time, the heavyweight champion of the world, Hulk Hogan, readying for a title defense tonight against Hercules. And of course, Hulk, it happens on your own home turf here in Southern California. And thank God, Mean Gene, I've got my pump back, man. You know, the pythons are ready, the largest arms in the world. And I'm glad they are because I've checked this dude, Hercules, out, man. He's got the body of a god. He even looks like the real Hercules, and he's definitely stronger, man. But I checked the dude out even farther. He could have been a Greek god. He could have been an immortal. And you know something, Mean Gene? Since he's guided by Bobby the Weasel Heenan, I've trained for the dude like he's an immortal brother. I've been hanging out in the Garden of Eden with my main squeeze Eve. I dove 20,000 leagues under the sea, 40 nights and 40 days. I hung and bung on the Titanic and Hercules. This is where the power lies. Just the point that I wanted to make, Hulk Hogan. Yes, there will be diverted attentions tonight with the presence of Hercules' new manager, Bobby Heenan. Well, you know, it's the same old story with this weasel, man. He keeps throwing them at me, and I keep knocking them down. But you know, Hercules, you're just like everybody else, man. Top shelf you are because you're guided by Bobby the Weasel Heenan. But you're in my way, man. You're on my hit list. And you shall feel the pythons, brother. And when I'm done with you, hopefully I'll get that little weasel in this 24-inch python and squeeze his head. But I'm going to the top of the family, me and Gene. Hercules, you shall feel the wrath of the pythons. You shall feel the wrath of Hulkamania. This is where the power lies. All right, get ready. Hulk Hogan, a ton of Vince, Vince McMahon, let's go back to you. And no Dave. No Dave. Dave will be with us later. Welcome to the 24-inch podcast. We got two episodes left in 2022. The one tonight, we're going to do one more. Dave and I will talk about that more later. Uh, the next one, Paula, and Dave and I are going to talk about it later. We might watch the Hulk cartoon. But if we do that <gasps> one, we want you on the whole show. So, all right. Today is one of those examples where Dave and Paula are on different schedules. So, Paul and I are opening the show. Tonight, we're going to cover the December 23rd, 1986 episode of Primetime Wrestling. Whoa! Remember, we were watching it, and um, they had the Christmas decorations, Gorilla and Bobby. Yeah, it was, and they even did a singing thing. Remember that first match, though? You didn't like it, did you? Remember? Two jabronis? Yeah. And we said it wasn't even worth the curtain jerker? 
Yeah, it wasn't worth a Kirk and Jacob. Yeah, it stunk, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> the guys were cowboys. Yeah, two cowboys. Was it? And one cowboy stepped on the head. <laughs> he didn't like it, right? But Hulk wrestles Hercules. That's actually from Saturday Night's main event a few weeks ago. But this is what the schedule is. Paul and I will talk for a couple minutes. Uh, then after that, I'll be back with Dave. We'll get Dave on. Dave's had a tough couple weeks, right? Tell the listeners what happened to Dave. Yeah, his car car walked away in Newark. We'll talk to Dave about that. And then we'll get going with the show. We'll do the bio of Hercules. We'll do the bio of the Los Angeles Sports Arena, which is where the match took place. Uh, We do have a couple of messages at the end, emails in that. And then um, we will tell you what we're going to do next time. We'll do the news from December of 1986. Do the news. Today's news, it's a guy going to be really one day, it's February. Give us a newscast real quick, Paula. If you were the news guy, what would be on Paula's newscast right now? Give us a Paula newscast. <laughs> Today, we are going to be talking about wrestling. Oh, okay. Here's what I would say. Here, I'll do a Paula newscast. Ready? Welcome to Eyewitness Paula. Today, yes. Paula... Was at the doctor again for her eyeball, which is watery because she scratched it. That Tell- is, he is lying. <laughs> he is lying. Tell the people he what you lying. did to your eye. No, I am not. <laughs> Why not? Tell them you scratched it. Talk on the microphone. <laughs> they could hear you. Just not well. All right, Paula scratched her eye. It's getting better, though. It's almost all healed up. It's fine. It's fine. She had to wear sunglasses for a few days like a diva. Tell them what we did over the weekend with Grandma and Gregory and all that. Tell them about that. We went to the Polar Express. We went on the Polar Express, went to the North Pole. Aboard the Polar Express! (laughs) And we got chocolate milk or chocolate, hot chocolate and cookies. Paula didn't drink or eat them. Because she's a weird kid who doesn't eat cookies. I We got annoying bells. And annoying bells. And uh, what else are you up to? What's on your Christmas list? Bailey why are, you, why are you yelling at the people? Sorry. They're going to stop loving you if you keep screaming at them. What's that the only thing I'm going to think of this Christmas? You don't have to scream it, though. She- okay. Um, how's your elf doing? Do we tell the listeners what the elf's named after? Mm-mm. Tell them. Uh, one of my favorite movies. No. What's the elf's name? Matilda. The why- Bulldogs. The British Bulldogs is named after Matilda from the British Bulldogs. And she. She, she climbing bows. Yeah, she's nuts. She was in the freezer the other day. Yeah, and the other day she was in the coffee machine. She's been in, in the, on the stove in a pan. She's been in the coffee machine, <laughs> in the freezer, on the wall, on the ceiling. She's nuts. The nuttiest place in the world. Yeah. And she's not even using the sticky boots yet. Yeah, well, I want to say thank you to Justin Rosero, who had me in Secret Santa, 
and he sent a really sick Hulk Hogan poster. Tell him about it, baby. It has Jesus. Yeah, it has Hulk dressed up as Jesus. Uh, it's a really cool piece of art with Hulk Father and all of his different. Holy Spirit, yep. <laughs> Did you go to religion class tonight and tell your religion teacher that you got a Hulk Hogan poster dressed as Jesus? I forgot. Okay, good. That's probably a good thing. All right, anyway, anything else you want to tell the listeners? What? I'm a nut. You are a nut. All right. That's how you stay in a nut wing. Okay. What we're going to do is we're going to take a break. We're going to come back. Dave will be with us. We'll talk about Herc, and we'll talk about the LA Sports Arena. Dave's going to tell us where Hulk was in December of 86. Uh, then we'll wow. do the news, and we'll talk about the prime time from 12-23-86. And then we'll finish it off with emails and details about the last show of 2022. All right, Paula, say goodbye. Goodbye. We'll be right back. Thank you for listening to the 24-inch podcast. Don't forget to check out my other podcast, The Sportscasters. 10 years in the making. You can find it on Twitter at sports underscore caster or download episodes wherever you found this podcast. You can find the 24 inch podcast on Twitter as well. We're at the number two, the number four, the word inch podcast at 24 inch podcast. Email us at 24 inch podcast at gmail.com. Don't forget about our friend Peter Winson and greeting from Allentown. It's at GF. Allentown Pod. Twenty-four inch podcast episode number five of this season. We got one more after this one. Uh, we say goodnight to the beautiful Paula, and we welcome in the ruggedly handsome down in Kearney, New Jersey. Let's welcome Hollywood Dave Rollins. What's up, Dave? How you doing tonight? I think that's one of my favorite welcomes of all time, and I, I couldn't agree more, especially with this little spinach I got going on my face, you know, trying to toughen up my image a little bit over here in Kearney, New Jersey, Sopranos Town. Yeah, just a very, and, very uh, handsome individual, Dave. Just thank so you very much. Yeah. I appreciate that. I like compliments. Don't we and, all? Uh, if anybody, anybody listening wants some pictures of, of, of me um, from the waist up, of course, you know, you could uh, contact me uh, on social media. What about from the knees down? What if I want a what if I want a foot picture? Do you do foot? Pictures? Well, I, well, I think I, not. There's anything wrong with it, but I think I'm going to stick with females for that. Okay, but you will. Or, so or, if there, or, we have a female listener, or Tony, and she a, or Tony, or Tony, or Tony Atlas. Atlas. <laughs> what about uh, Rob Ryan? Rex Ryan? I mean, right? It was Rex who had the uh, former Jets coach had the foot fetish as well. Him too. No, he's not allowed. Only Tony Atlas. I just I despise feet. I don't want to see your feet. I don't like feet. I like nice girl feet. No, keep your feet in your shoes. I hate sandals. I hate I, I don't. Yeah, I'll be like, 100% for me. My friends make fun of me because like, on the beach and like stuff like that, I always wear sneakers or socks. I very, very rarely will I wear. But I hate it. I, I hate it. But girls, a little different. But guys, yeah, I don't want to see your fucking feet. People that wear jeans and fucking sandals out Gross. to the bar, I Ugh, hate that shit. Yeah. Oh, it's a fucking dirty and disgusting. Yeah, please, cover that shit up. Nobody Hate wants it. to see your feet. Nobody. Hate it. 
All right, with that said, Dave, we didn't do an app. We're a little late this week or this time since the last one because, once again, you've had some uh, trials and tribulations in the life of Hollywood, Brother, Dave. The, 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 the fourth quarter of 2022 has been nothing but challenging for me, and I'm fighting those challenges off every day. I don't want to bore everybody. This is about uh, you know 80s wrestling, but I'll just say my car drove away without me in it. <laughs> Turned. Um, there's been a lot of work done, but it's not that bad. It could have been a lot worse. Let's put it that way. I have it. I'm driving it. There's not too much damage. It looks okay. I'm not embarrassed to drive it. Fixing it's going to be a problem. I got new plates, etc., etc. But it's a little traumatizing, uh, kind of like when Gary Coleman got mugged in different strokes, you know, and how he felt after that. <laughs> <laughs> When I was a kid, <laughs> um, when I was a kid growing yeah. up, we lived in the city. You know, we lived in, in Buffalo proper, and uh, my stepfather had a blazer, a 1987 blazer, a black one. It got stolen three times from our driveway when I was growing up, and by the same people. Oh my goodness! The same white trash kids stole it three different times. Yeah, and at least I got left a, pa- a pair of Jordans that was left in my car for me, along with some weed shavings. Oh, nice! I thought I saw yeah. some other shavings as well, potentially. We won't get into that, but maybe that was for me. <laughs> the, uh, I'm, I'm, the, I'm the only Hulkamaniac that lives a Ric Flair lifestyle. <laughs> Woo! All right, with that said, Dave is, is good now. He's uh, he's, he's he centered himself to uh, be mentally in a position where... See, when when things go a little awry for Dave, he tells me, I just can't... He can't do it. He needs to be... A very neurotic yeah, individual. He needs to be centered. Yeah. Like, yeah, in twenty twenty. Plus, I want, I want, to, I want to give it the, the, give it my all. I don't want to, uh, you know, phone it in. Sure. <laughs> no, technically, I am phoning it in. <laughs> right. That's another story. All right. Well, on this night, our hero Hulk Hogan, and since Dave's here, obviously we talked about Paul and I, but we're covering the. We wanted to do a holiday episode. We're going to do the uh, the prime time from the end of nineteen eighty six, and on this episode, Hulk Hogan. Uh, match airs where he wrestles Hercules. Now, this was originally for Saturday Night's main event. We'll do that one still someday down the road uh, when we forget about this episode, when we got new listeners who are dying to hear our opinion about the Hulk-Herc match. Uh, but for tonight, we'll do the bio of, of Herc and we'll do the the arena where it was where it was wrestled in, which was the Los Angeles Sports Arena, which was, all, was the arena, if you've seen the A-Team episode that Hulk's in, where he faces, um, who is it? Uh, Greg Valentine and Big John Studd, I believe, are his two opponents in that. That's from the Los Angeles Sports Arena and, of course, WrestleMania 2. And more, we'll get into it. But Raymond... Also WrestleMania 7. Yeah, Raymond Constantine Fernandez, born May 7th, 1956. Passed away May 6th, 2004, at the age of 47. Uh, He was born in New York City, New York, in the United States. He passed away in Tampa, Florida, of heart disease. was married to his wife, Debbie... Debbie from 1974 until his death. He had seven children, Dave. My word. Ter- I mean, not, I'm not going to say terrible. It's very nice, but terrible that he lost your dad at yeah. 47 years old. Six too many children for me. But, wow, that's a lot. Yeah. Uh, he was born in New- seven for me. He was born <laughs> in New York City. His mother died from cancer when he was six, and his father moved the family to Tampa Bay. He attended AP Leto High School, where he was an amateur wrestler. He graduated in 1974 and enlisted in the Air Force for three years. Uh, when he got out of the Air Force, he was trained by Hiro Ma- Matsuda, 
1979, he started mainly performing in Florida and Texas as Hercules Hernandez. In 82, he joined the NWA Central States Territory, which was Kansas City. And while he was in Central States, he teamed up with... Oh, boy, yeah, this is this is not my uh, area right here. But let me if I give that some thought. Manny Fernandez? Dewey Robertson. Oh, missing link. Okay. And the two won the Central States Tag Team Championship on two occasions. Uh, he also held the Central States television title for six months. Uh, really a nice little run in there. He had notable feuds with Manny Fernandez, who you mentioned, and Harley Race. Of course, you can't wrestle in uh, Central States without getting in the ring with Harley, right? Yeah, then they became a team later on WWF. Yep, his feud with Race uh, got him the attention on the national scene uh, due to Race's, obviously, stature, and it kind of helped accelerate his career. Uh, He then, uh, the feud began because Race had an issue with Oliver Hupperdink, uh, the House of Hupperdink stable, which Hernandez had become a part of, and they kind of went from there. Uh, He didn't stay in Central States, for long after that, he went to Mid-South, brother. Jim Crockett Promotions first, uh, uh, first. where, okay. where he paired up, with, paired up with Jody Hamilton, who had been wrestling as uh, a masked, masked yeah. assassin. You got it. Uh, he became the father of uh, Leon Lett, uh, Dallas Cowboys uh, offensive or defensive tackle. That might be a stepson, but the real son is uh, Nick Patrick, NWO. Nick Patrick, of course. I just saw him in something. I forget what. Um, So Fernandez became Assassin 2, and uh, they uh, competed at the first ever Starcade, defeating. Oh, boy. Okay. The Assassin 2 and Herc at Starcade. I don't even know if I ever saw that. It's too dark for me to watch that. It is dark. Yeah, it's a dark one. Dark and dreary. I don't get it. Oh, my God. Terrible. Um, uh, Magnum TA. And. I don't know. Perfectly fine guess, but no, it's Rufus R. Jones and his partner, Bugsy McGraw. Now, the father of, or Rufus is the father of, the Doctor Style Slick. Slick, yep. Yep, that one I knew. Uh, Fernandez run, it, it, it was about a year, and then he was unmasked by. Jimmy Valent. Okay. <laughs> the he, Boogie Woogie Man. And then he went on to, as you said before. I may know a little a little bit more about this. Yeah, he went on to Mid-South, the Bill Watts promotion. Um, once again, he donned a mask as Mr. Wrestling 2. He'd recently turned on his tag team partner, Magnum TA, and became a heel. Mr. Wrestling 2 renamed himself simply Mr. Wrestling and got a new protege, Mr. Wrestling 2, who was Fernandez under a mask referred to as Mr. Wrestling 3 in magazines to avoid confusion. I don't know. I'm pretty pretty confused. I don't know if it avoided any confusion. Jesus Christ. Mr. Wrestling 2 seconded Mr. Wrestling in his feud with Magnum TA. Later on, Fernandez unmasked and competed once again as Hercules Hernandez and feuded with Hacksaw Jim Duggan under the tutelage of... Um, Oh, yeah. Not General Adnan, but um, the other one, Gandar Akbar. Jim Cornette. And then he joined. Then he joined. Yeah, Akbar stable. So you're on it. You're just a little, you're a step behind, it seems like. Yeah. I'm a WWF guy. Yeah, same. You're doing a lot better than I would. Uh, Devastation, (laughs) Devastation Inc. was the name of the stable. Uh, 
Uh, Ted DiBiase was a part of it. He feuded with Junkyard Dog, Terry Taylor, you know, a lot of the names that you hear. Then he went to Florida. Right. He did a stint in championship wrestling in Florida. And then finally, he debuted in WWF in 1985. He was managed by Classy Freddie Blassie. Uh, his now first, you can start it. Now we can start yeah. uh, <laughs> His first major national exposure came when he competed at WrestleMania two when he lost to Ricky Steamboat at the sports arena, which we'll talk about in a little while. Uh, Blassie retired, and he was then sold uh, to Slick. In one of the greatest vignettes. No, not one of the greatest vignettes in WWF history. Where is my money? <laughs> then when Slick goes into the bag, he didn't think he's taking a gun out and, and, and backs off real quick. Right. Hilarious. Good stuff. Slick I recommend him- that to anybody to watch that. Yep. Yep, really good. Um, and and the, yeah, Dave saying so. Then so he went from Blassie to Slick, and then Slick then sold him to Bobby Heenan, which is the the promo that Dave's talking about. Um, on November 29th, nineteen eighty six, main event, Sarian's main event number eight. He wrestled Hulk Hogan. That's where we are today. So we're kind of up to date there. He also had the big feud going into WrestleMania three with Billy Jerk Haynes. They had the Full Nelson feud. Uh, and Hercules didn't win the war, didn't win the battle, but he won the war, according to Jesse, that night. Um, when Billy Jack Haynes threw up on him, too. Yeah, Billy Jerk had, yeah. a, had a rough night in the... Yeah. In the uh, he also had rivalries... What was, the out- what was the outcome of that? What? It was a double count out, right? Oh, uh, yeah, they put the, the the hold on outside, outside. the ring, yeah, and then get kind of... Yeah, then, then he hit him with the chain. Then he hit him with the chain. It. And they went on to uh, have uh, chain matches at sea shows as main events that summer. And then, of course, he went on to Power and Glory later in his run. Uh, then he had his final appearance in '92. He did some World WCW. Uh, he did well, also. Some- Bob, I'm sorry to cut you off, my yeah. my brother. Uh, he turned face uh, before Power and Glory with uh, Million Dollar Man's own personal slave. Yeah, being sold to by Bobby to Brian Heenan. Better heel though. He's a better heel. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah. face run. It was that Bruce Pritchard blue tights curse. Yeah, you know, they, they gave him. They those, didn't work. They gave yep. him those blue tights, you know, and you're getting beat by Dino Bravo every night. He did it, like I said, a brief stint in New Japan, uh, and then he was in the uh, American Wrestling Federation. He was the first AWF of, brother. Yeah, he was their first champion. Oh no, he's part of the first tournament. To crown the champion. He retired in '99. Uh, like we said, he was married yep. to his uh, it was his high school sweetheart Debbie. Uh, seven children. I'm not going to name them, but they got names that you'd imagine they have. He died in his sleep at his home, March 6, 2004. Heart disease, according to his wife. He was buried with military honors at the Florida National Cemetery in Bushnell, Florida. Rest in peace. Yeah, rest in peace, Big Herc. By the way, that AWF. Can you believe that? We had that on our CBS affiliate here on Sunday nights at like midnight. That's wild. For a while yeah. in the mid nineties, it was so. I would tape it, then we'd put it on after Nitro just for laughs, and you'd have nails beating up somebody outside the ring, and there'd be no crowd there, like the crowd was fake. And Lord Alfred Hayes was a heel announcer, just just hilarious to watch. And you got to see guys like Herc and Tito Santana and Bob Orton, you know, way past their prime. You know, on TV, <laughs> CBS affiliate of all time at AWF Warriors of Wrestling. Yeah, I'm and, trying to um, think if I ever watched AWF. I don't think so. You might not have had it. Yeah. It's, you know, it was the New York City CBS affiliate. Yeah. It wasn't like on CBS. You know, it was sure. late night. So yeah, 
But yeah, yeah, we had it, and of course I taped it. And when Nitro ended, we you know I'd have all the friends around. We put it on and get a get a big charge out of it. One other thing about Herky, I was on the um, Place to Be Nation flagship show when he had his last match at the uh, at Madison Square Garden against Hercules, or excuse me, against Sid. Sid. Yeah, and he didn't look like he wanted to take the finisher, and he kind of no sold it. <laughs> it's kind of a funny segment and a good episode if you want to look up. Place to be nation flagship. Justin and Scott do good work there. Um, yeah, they gave him his old music back for the night. His yeah, music. Yep, it was one of the one of the last ones I was on. I think the last one I was on that was when the show was you know doing the wrestling we like. Yeah, I, well, I, I still listen to it, but sometimes I might have turned it off when they start getting to the event because I just don't care about 2008 at all. I'm actually when, gonna, it comes, when it comes to wrestling. I'm going to be on the show again. We're recording. The 26th of December for a pay-per-view that was in Buffalo that I went to, like in 2007. I it was well past when I cared, but there's a pay-per-view here. My buddy had a ticket, and I went, and I'm on that show. So I'll let you know more okay. about it when it comes closer. I shall listen. I actually listened to some of the uh, sportscasters uh, the other day. Oh, nice. Um, yeah, sometimes just to hear my buddy's voice. You know what I mean? All right. Well, speaking of your buddy's voice, the Los Angeles <laughs> Memorial Sports Arena was a multi-purpose arena at Exhibition Park. In the University Park neighborhood of Los Angeles, it was located next to the Los Angeles Memorial Coliseum, just south of the campus of USC. You know what? We're going to need our friend Tim Mangione to go to this area and get a picture for us. Don't you think? That would be pretty. Yeah, that would be pretty cool. I don't yeah. know why he ne- he's never done that. He's he ne- more of a forum guy. He needs to go to Exhibition Park. I mean, I know this has been demolished. It was demolished in 2016, so he can't go to the arena. But go to Exhibition Park, Tim, and get us some pictures, huh? Is the is the big stadium that seven was supposed to be in still standing, or that's gone too? No, the the stadium, the USC stadium, is still there, of course. Oh, that is renamed then. Okay. Well, I don't know if it's renamed. It's either why it was either going to be in the Rose Bowl or the other one. Once I mean, I don't know which one's which. That's the, no, the Los Angeles the Memorial, Memorial Coliseum. Coliseum. Yeah, that's where. Yeah, that's where the the uh, USC plays. Yep. So that's still there. That so maybe really look cool. That would have looked cool, really cool too for WrestleMania. That's too bad. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. All right, so this one broke ground in 1958, April 7th. It opened July 4th, 1959, and it closed March 19th, 2016. It was then demolished in September of 2016. It was constructed for $8.5 million or about $79 million in today's money. Um, it was Vice President Richard Nixon who opened the place. And the first ever event filed four days later, a bantamweight title fight between Jose Becerra and Alphonse Halimi on July oh, why 8th. Didn't ask, why didn't you ask me that? I well, figured I you'd know those. Right. I didn't want to do it too yeah. easy. I don't oh, want to okay. do it too easy. I don't insult you. Uh, it became a companion facility to the Los Angeles Memorial Coliseum. Uh, it was the home court of the Los Angeles Lakers of the NBA from 1960 to 1967. Uh, the Clippers of the NBA from 84 to 99, and the home of the Los Angeles Kings uh, from October to December of 67 during their inaugural season. It's also the home for college basketball for the USC Trojans and the UCLA Bruins, uh, a temporary home again for UCLA in 2011. It was the home of one of Day's favorite professional uh, sports, the professional rodeo cowboys. Uh, oh, yeah, they yeah. would have their finals there. Uh, it hosted season, season tickets at one time. Yeah, hosted the Los Angeles Aztecs 
of the North American Soccer League, an indoor soccer stadium, uh, various minor league hockey teams like the Los Angeles Blades and the Los Angeles Sharks, Arena Football, the Los Angeles Cobras, all kinds of different teams from all kinds of different leagues uh, played their games here. It also hosted the 1968 and the 1972 NCAA Men's Basketball Final Four. Uh, it hosted the 1992 NCAA Women's Basketball Final Four, the 1963 NBA All-Star Game, and boxing competitions during the 84 Summer Olympics, which is the Olympics that Evander Holyfield and Mike Tyson competed in. Uh, cool. In addition to hosting... And later on, they played in, uh, they competed in um, Ear Olympics. Ear Olympics. It also hosted the final portion of WrestleMania II in 1986 and hosted WrestleMania Seven. In 1991, as well as other WWF events, it hosted When Worlds Collide, a 1994 joint card between right. the Mexican Lucha Libre promotion, AAA, and WCW. One of the rare pay-per-views I did not order at that time. I had a little bit on scrambles, and I'm like, eh, no Hulkster, no thanks. Oh, <laughs> uh, let's see what else happened at this place. Um, like I said, lots of sports teams in and out. Uh, it's, you know, one of many venues in Los Angeles. Of course they had, at one point they had this, they had the Staples Center, they had the Forum, um, a big city with, uh, many venues. It's capacity around 15,300 or so for basketball. Um, let's see for boxing and wrestling. They could do 16,740. 14,546 for hockey. Um, let's go into some concerts. Let's see what played here. Pink Floyd, the Wish You Were Here Tour, uh, Jethro, eh. Jethro Tall, U2, Joshua Tree Tour. Looks like they did one, two, three, four, five, six nights. Uh, Prince pre performed a couple nights, two sold out shows. Michael Jackson performed six sold out shows during his bad All tour. Right. Uh, Madonna, five sold-out shows during her Blonde Ambition World Tour. Uh, the Grateful Dead did a bunch of shows there. Bruce Springsteen, My Chemical Romance, Daft Punk. The 1960... The 1960 Democratic National Convention, which was when the nomination was given to... Uh, Donna Kennedy. That's right, John F. Kennedy. Uh, Bernie Sanders, a big Dave, one of Dave's uh, supporters of uh, Bernie, uh, had a campaign rally on August tenth, two thousand fifteen. He got. I don't know if I would call myself a supporter of his, but I am a supporter of his winter mittens. <laughs> yes, and this, you, 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 did you make a picture of him in his chair uh, near you or something like that? Wasn't that a big Hulk, thing to do? Hulk Adam? Hulk yeah. Adam, yeah. Hulk. <laughs> and Macho Man too, instead of Elizabeth up on his uh, on his shoulder. <laughs> the heavyweight championship fight scenes between Rocky and Apollo Creed and the 1976 Best Picture Rocky were filmed there, as as the they fight. Pretended it was, they, they pretended it was a spectrum, right? Right. That was Rocky two. It was a stand-in for the spectrum. Um, what else? Charlie's Angels did a two-part episode, Angels on Ice. Uh, there, portions of F Fantastic Voyage. Just different shows that were there. The Fugitive. I mentioned the A-Team episode. And uh, I know one, there. too. Uh, the uh, pilot for Tag Team with Jesse Ventura and Roddy oh, okay, Piper. That was and they were going to be cops. Yeah. Yeah, they work with the Orient Express. It was actually a WWF house show 
in March of 1990. And imagine you have tickets for it, and all of a sudden you see Jesse the right, Body and yeah. Roddy Piper as a tag team in 1990. I think, what the hell's going on here? Yeah. Against the Orient Express, yeah. NBC's renewed version of American Gladiators and the 1999 to 2001 syndicated show Battledome were also filmed there. So all kinds of events. Again, anytime you're in an arena in a huge city like this, you're going to get a lot of stuff, like we said. But it's, it, it seems like it's used a lot to film, even more than Madison Square Garden. You know what I mean? Sure. It's filmed a lot. Hollywood, of, yeah. right? Yeah, Hollywood. Hollywood. Uh, there you go, Hollywood. Yeah. Uh, well, I said Democratic National Convention, Summer Olympics, Olympic va- boxing venues, Lakers, Kings, Clippers, UCLA, USC, all kinds of music concerts, a legendary arena that no one, no longer stands but that does not mean, Tim, that you cannot take a bus or two, whatever it takes, get out there and get us some pictures from whatever that park was called. I forget. Uh, but do it. Do it. Do it. Do it, Tim. All right. It's my favorite part of the show. I can take a break, sit back, relax. I turn the uh, microphone over to my partner, Hollywood Dave, and he will tell us where Hulk was. Uh, what, what do we got here? December of 1986. Well, like my tag team partner just said before, uh, we're doing the uh, December 23rd primetime wrestling. We're getting a little festive Christmas uh, holiday spirit right now. Uh, and the Herc and Hulk match day show was from November. Uh, Tape November 15th in L.A., show November 29th. So I'm just going to kind of bring you in the middle of the Hercules match and the primetime. So we're going to start off on uh, November 24th, a big, huge sellout at Madison Square Garden, 19,700. I don't think I've ever heard the Garden rocking like this. This might be one of the best MSG shows of all time, crowd-wise, as Hulk Hogan and Rowdy Roddy Piper turned up for, teamed up for the first time. And now Piper was still kind of in between. You, him, you know, They didn't trust each other, Hulk and Piper, yet. To right. take the, to beat uh, King Harley Race and Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff. And this is also the same night with... Uh, Kamala and George Steele, when George Steele goes out on the stretcher, the crowd is just bananas. This is the way wrestling's supposed to be. And the guys didn't do nothing. They hardly did anything. Didn't need to. Yeah. You didn't need to. I mean, if anybody wants to, I don't know if it's on YouTube or definitely not on Peacock, the show, I don't think. But November 24th, 86, I, I watched this one live. This is one of my first. Great Place to Be Nation podcast episode, by the way, they covered yeah. the show. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't know if they like that. I think they're, they're kind of going more on the wrestling aspect of it that I don't give a shit about. Right, yeah, uh, good episode. I, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah, those well, guys are great. Uh, a few nights later, Houston, Texas, um, November 26th at the Summit. Hulk Hogan over Mr. Wonderful inside a seal cage. 1128. Um, sorry, uh, 1129. Indianapolis at the Market Square Arena. Hulk Hogan over Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff. November 30th. Toronto's Maple Leaf Gardens and big sellout, 15,000. Uh, our first meeting of Hulk Hogan and uh, Kamala. Hulk beats him by DQ. And now uh, this is a big drawing feud. This is the first match uh, these two are going to have. Next day, uh, December 1st, Nassau County Coliseum, Uniondale, Long Island, New York, in front of 12,000. Hulk Hogan over Mr. Wonderful inside the steel cage. December 6th, Boston, and big sellout, 16,000, Hulk Hogan over Kamala. This match can be found in the best of the WWF, Volume 12. December 7th, St. Paul Civic Center over in St. Paul, Minnesota, Hulk Hogan over Kamala. 
The next night in the Meadowlands, right in the backyard of Hollywood Dave Rollins, only 8,000 show up to see a non-title match as World Wrestling Federation champion Hulk Hogan defeats Intercontinental champion Macho Man Randy Savage when the Honky Tonk Man interferes. Now, this leads to a big TV taping the next month here at the Meadowlands and where the dark match would be Hulk Hogan and none other than Ricky the Dragon Steamboat defeating the Macho Man and the Honky Tonk Man. December 9th, the Superstars taping in Phoenix, Arizona, in front of a big sellout of 15200 In the dark match, it's Hulk Hogan over Mr. Wonderful Paul Undorf by disqualification. We got, uh, on the same day, former Olympic great Kemp is released from prison. And uh, hopefully he didn't go straight to McDonald's from there. You know, if he was, maybe he got some pizza or something, hopefully. You know, when he got out of there and said eating that jail food. Um, <laughs> wrestling, <laughs> wrestling Challenge taping uh, December 10th, Tucson, Arizona. 8,000 sellout. Now, this is the night with the bullshit that Jake the Snake got cheered over Hulk Hogan. It's no possible way in the Snake Pit with the DDT that aired in Winnipeg and Providence. They're wrestling there. The crowd probably popped because, oh, holy shit. How'd that happen? You know, out of nowhere. Impossible. Actually, Jake's going to do a show about this tomorrow on his podcast. I can't, I haven't been listening to that many wrestling podcasts that much, but I'm very excited to hear it, to hear his bullshit about it, because uh, it's impossible. I don't care. I would bet. Yeah, my, I've never someone, bought that I would bet either. someone steal my car again. Not in 1986. Maybe in 91 or when Hope was starting it. No, 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 no. Impossible. They were just, they were just and Hulk was already booked with Kamala. For months before before WrestleMania three, they did a few matches with Jake. They did this for the area. I don't know. There's this. It's impossible. There's no way. Bullshit. I call bullshit anyway. Next day, um, and also on that show uh, in the challenge taping, uh, Hogan and Piper over Orndorff and Race by DQ. This time, Hogan and Piper shook hands at the end of it, and in the Garden, they did not. In the Garden. One Piper actually gave Hulk the Italian jab and walked out after they beat them. <laughs> December 11th, Denver, Colorado, McNicholas Arena, Hogan over Mr. Wonderful. December 13th, the Philadelphia Spectrum, near sellout of 14,132, Hogan over Orndorff in a cage. And we'll wrap it up with a big Saturday night's main event taping in Hartford, Connecticut, in front of 10,000. Uh, Hogan over Mr. Wonderful in that big steel cage match, December 14th, airing on January 3rd. It was a little moldy. And that's where they both hit the ground at the same time. You know, one pro- of my probably favorites the mo- ever. One of my favorites yeah, ever. that's got to be the most famous Saturday night's main event of all time. Not counting the main event, but Hulk and Andre with the two Dave Fentners. I think this is the most famous Saturday night's main event of all time. And uh, that's that's about it. Love it. I think that was a pretty good, pretty good one this week. Or this month or this year, whenever we're recording. Very good. Love it. All right, we're going to take a break. We're going to come back. We're going to read the news from December of 1986. We're going to get into the prime time, and we're going to talk about Hawks match versus Hercules from Saturday Night's Main Event, and then also re-airing on this prime time. So let's take a break, and we will be right back. Oh, yeah. Twenty-four inch podcast back the C block as we call it here, uh, which is my favorite block because we get to read the news. 
All right, Dave. December of 1986. Uh, let's start nice and light. December 1st. The great Paul McCartney. Sir Paul McCartney releases Only Love Remains. One of Dave's favorite Paul McCartney releases. My favorite Paul McCartney release has something is uh, a tag team duo with Michael Jackson. Say, say, say. It's a couple years before that. I was just listening. Good, good arm wrestlers. I was just listening to the very first time that Sir Paul was on Howard, and it was shortly after Jackie left, so probably like around 2001, 2000, something like that. And they talked a lot about the business uh, difficulties that Michael and um, and Paul had, and um, <laughs> Paul was doing his Michael Jackson impression. It's hilarious. It's a, it's a good interview to look up. Yeah. I go, I, well, I own your music now. Paul, it's just Michael business, Jackson. Paul. It's just business. Yeah. 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 I'm into that because the Beatles get. I like. I like the Beatles' music, but they get to me a little bit. But I love uh, Michael Jackson. And Michael Jackson was tweaking Paul's gears. Let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What else do we got? December sixth, the 52nd Heisman Trophy Award was given to a quarterback, Dave, from the University of Miami, Florida. He went on to be the first pick of the NFL draft by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And I wonder if you know him because a large part of his NFL career was played just a few miles from your house um, at yeah. the Meadowlands as quarterback for the New York Jets. Can you name this Italian-American quarterback? Uh, there you go. Vinny Testaverde won the Heisman. Very good. Very good. Maybe one too many clues there. I wonder if I would, if you would have got it without the Italian. If he didn't, say the, if he didn't say the Jets and the Italian, yeah. Yeah, Jets is a fair clue. I wonder if you would have got it without Italian. Um, all right. Do you know who won the Heisman on Saturday, Dave? Sometimes I just can't, like, because like, I don't think about these people all the time. Like, I don't know. I just can't think of the name, but I know who it is. I just, his name popped in my head. You don't like, spend a lot of time thinking about Vinny Testaverde? No. Like, who was it? There was somebody real obvious last last week, last show. Then, of course, I knew it, but it just didn't pop in my head like the name Jake the Snake Roberts would. You know what I mean? Did you know who won the Heisman on Saturday? This past Saturday? Yeah. No. no. Caleb Williams from oh. USC, the quarterback. Oh, whoever that is. Yeah. Well, future uh, future star for sure. Heisman winner. Future future question for me when we're like 65 doing this show. Right. Uh, December 8th, House <laughs> Dems select. We'll be, we'll be covering Hulk Hogan's karaoke uh, night. <laughs> <Finance>. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Hulk's karaoke. That's good. Uh, house Dems select Majority Leader Jim Wright as the 48th Speaker of the House. I always thought it would be, it'd be a, a sad set of circumstances to lead up to it. But I was just interested in what it would be like if the Speaker of the House had to become the president. You know how they're third in line to be president? It would always be interesting if we needed them for some reason. Like, what would have happened? What's the world like? But I guess it's probably, probably better. Probably crap. Better we never find out, I guess. Yeah, let's not find that out, please. All right. What else do we got here? Let me see. Lots of weird stuff. Cricket. I don't want to talk about cricket. Um, we, cricket the game or yeah the like you know cricket? cricket out in England or wherever they play it India whatever uh, cricket. let's see oh Carnegie Hall reopened on December 15th after a 50 million dollar facelift and then years later uh, Joan Rivers passed away while getting a 50 million dollar facelift so very sad <laughs> very sad I don't mean to laugh but it is very <laughs> that is very true and clever uh, December 15th CIA director William J. Casey suffers a cerebral seizure. Oh, very terrible. Uh, At the hands of cerebral assassin Triple yeah. H, perhaps. On December 17th, this Edmonton 
Oilers forward scored four goals, including a natural hat trick in the first period, and also records an assist as the Oilers win 5 3 over the Quebec Nordique. It was his 41st NHL hat trick. Who is this goal scoring superstar, Dave? You know, I know three hockey players. And, and this Chris is one of, them. Dead. one of them. Yes, this is one of yeah. them. Lemieux, Wayne Gretzky. Wayne Gretzky. Wayne Gretzky, of course. I thought I was throwing you a softball there. I still got it because you didn't, you didn't say no to Mario Lemieux. I changed my mind. <laughs> December 19th, Platoon, directed by Oliver Stone, starring Charlie Sheen and Tom Berenger and William Defoe, is released. And uh, Never saw it. Really great movie. Yeah, uh, there's something. Defoe would win, or yeah, the um, director, best director, Oliver Stone would win. Uh, the Academy Award for Best Director. Everybody, and, everybody has like some of those movies that like you never saw that. Like wow, everybody has. Like, sure, some, some sure. Of those, yeah. Well, as a Best Picture winner, so maybe check that one out. I think you'd like it too. It's your era, your people. Yeah. I, th- I think it's one you like. Cool. Um, let's see what else do we got going on here in December. Um, uh, December twenty third, Experimental Airplane Voyager, piloted by Dick Rutten. And Jenna Yeager completes the first nonstop round the world flight without refueling. I don't know why Dick and Jenna seem to go together. Yeah, Jen Dick, Jameson. Yeah, Dick and Jenna. That is pretty good. Jenna Jameson. Yeah. That was another stern I was listening to is her father was uh on with her. And this dude that's, got to lay rough. down so many hot porn stars and stuff. She would bring home hot chicks for her dad. Can you imagine that? Thank God I'm wearing my cross right now, but let me just tell you something. We're not going to get into it. The sins of the world were written on my face this past weekend, <laughs> more so than King Curtis, Iakea the Wizard. I'm very proud of you. Thank you. Uh, December 25th, Christmas happened in 1986. We had Christmas. Do you remember anything about Christmas in 1986, Dave? I'm trying to think if anything I do. significant I, happened for I me. Go a, ahead. You have a memory? Well, I, it did for me, yeah. yeah. I got a a lot of the LJNs at the okay. time. I said it on the last show how we found the Bridge Bulldogs and Macho Man and um, consumers with the catalog store. I said it on the last show and I'll repeat that. But we couldn't find um, – so I start. I didn't get into wrestling until summer 86, and they discontinued Jimmy Snuka. So you couldn't find him anywhere. Anywhere. I mean, these things came out in April 85, so Snuka was only available for like a year. Couldn't find him anywhere. So I got everybody else that I needed that was out by, by Christmas 86. No snooker. And it was just like, ah, you know what I mean? Missing just one. And so then we go to my aunt uncle's house uh, who lived around the corner. And they gave me, uh, they all, we have an extra, almost like how um, uh, Ralphie got the rifle. Right, at the very end. Oh, there's one last gift. One last gift. And it looked like clothes because it looked like, you know, that box. And I opened it and there was a loose snooker. My aunt got it from uh, her friend. Her friend's uh, grandson had grown up a bit and just like, yeah, just fucking take it. And, uh, yeah, it was awesome. So I had everybody Beautiful. You know, up to that point. Beautiful. You know, uh-huh. I don't know if I have a specific memory from that one. I was telling Paula a story recently about Christmas 1991, which I do remember. My my youngest brother was a baby. He was born in May, so however old that made him in December. And we got so much snow while we were at Grandma's house on Christmas Eve that to get him to get into the first thing, I had to spend an hour shoveling just so my mom could bring him into the house. Then I had to shovel for two, three hours to get the car in the driveway. I was out there, eleven years old, shoveling until about three thirty, four in the morning. 
Um, you guys just had a, you had a guys had a big blast a few weeks ago too, right? Yeah, but that stayed oh, south there. of me. I was good. Oh, good, good. Yeah, we the the, the the like the snow band in Buffalo, the lake effect snow band usually stays more south of the city, and I live in the northern suburbs now. So, um, we get a we get we got a must be buried in snow. We got a plow anyway, so we got we pay the guy to come and plow it. Homer Simpson. Yes, it is actually Homer. It is. Um, he does a fabulous job um, with his business, so we're very happy. Uh, Ned Flanders tried to steal the contract, but we we stuck with Homer, so he does great. There you go. Uh, December 26th, TV soap Search for Tomorrow ends a 35-year run. I don't remember Search for Tomorrow, but props. Remember the name. Props for 35 years on the air. It's incredible. Uh, we, always do, we always do one of these. December 27th, Les Miserables opens, but this time it's the Kennedy Center in Washington, D.C., uh, not anything. Yeah, getting away with it. Yeah. Uh, the Balloon Dior, uh, which is basically the Heisman Trophy for uh, footballers, uh, soccer players, uh, professionals, though, not college kids, is given to uh, the Dynamo Kyiv's Ukrainian forward Igor Belanov. Um, he, he just beat out Barcelona striker Gary Linkier and Real Madrid forward Emilio Butragunio. I don't know. It's funny. I, I was trying to figure out. I, I know the answer now. I know why now. But I was trying to figure out why the World Cup was happening in de- November. Right, and yeah. Not the summer. Yeah, because of the weather and, there. Yep. And, all the, yeah, that's because it was too hot in Qatar. But uh, all these people that are obsessed with soccer, nobody would answer me. Really? They didn't know you should ask me. Jumping around it. You know, there's people I'd run into in person. Jumping around it and stuff. And finally, like, I Googled it. I'm like, all right. I don't care that much, but holy shit. You know, some just, yeah. they just jump around your question. That you should know? be an easy one. It's a no, no doubt. Yeah, it's, it's too hot. Yeah, it's <laughs> too goddamn hot in the summer. Guitar. All right, December thirty first, nineteen eighty six. The last thing, New Year's Eve happened. Uh, they had New Year's Eve that year, and uh, what they did was they waited until ten seconds before midnight, and then they ten, nine, eight, and then they said Happy New Year, and he kissed, and that was a beautiful thing, and it became nineteen eighty seven, one of my favorite years. Yeah, Mr. Excitement this year is going bowling on New Year's Eve. Oh, very but nice. That's just that's just the beginning of the night. Who knows what will come? Who knows what, what kind of Hollywood antics will come after that? Yeah, uh, hopefully we're going to stop some of those soon. But that is the news for December of 1986. All right, Dave. Let's shift gears now back to wrestling and the show tonight. Of wrestling. course, is prime time wrestling, and I want to talk for a second about that. Before we go even further, because when I was a kid, uh, no wrestling show, with the exception of, I guess, Saturday night's main event, but that was more occasional. Uh, But no wrestling show was more important to me than primetime wrestling was. And during the summer, I would literally stay out and play all day. But the second it was time for primetime wrestling, I'd run in the house and watch it. And nothing crushed the soul of 80s kids like Dave and I more than when the dog show and U.S. Open tennis would preempt primetime wrestling in the 80s. September and February. Yes. Uh I loved it, Dave. How about you? What are your memories of primetime wrestling, watching it? Primetime. Yeah, yeah, I mean, uh, the banter between Gorilla and um, Heenan is just, it's just, uh, you know, I remember my grandma even saying, like, these two are like husband and wife, you know, on here. And that's, that's, one of the other things that's missing out was just so real. 
And uh, that's actually I, from prime time is how I learned wrestling was predetermined. I learned that at an early age because I saw the exact same finish of an Islanders against Dream Team match that they showed from the Boston Garden that I just saw live on right. MSG Network. Sure. And I'm like, what's well, the exact same thing? You know what I mean? So, yeah. So you you would see those matches from, from um, you know, from the house shows and stuff. But mo- most of them uh, were reruns. You know, the matches just kept, uh, you know, catching up with what went on on the Cindy's on the weekend. And uh, but Bobby and Heen and I mean Bobby and Gorilla just made it so good that, that yeah, it, it was. Pro- if you don't want to count Saturday Night's Main Event, I mean, Superstars had that feel because. The feud would start on there, so you almost didn't know what was going to happen. So I don't know if I could say I like it better than Superstars, but I like it now. Superstars was a big Superstars. deal because it was yeah. Superstars. You had didn't know feuds, what was like going to happen. But what I loved feuds about are- Primetime, I guess, was for one, the feature match, right? Because you didn't get a lot of TV matches back then where two guys who were kind of you know, mid-card, upper mid-card would wrestle on the same show like that outside of a pay-per-view. So I always love that, and I liked seeing the arenas, and I, w- I, I kind of knew from hockey, like, oh, these matches are from Boston. That's where the Bruins play or, you know, the different arenas. Um, I like that, and, and there's just something about their banter. Just It was just a special show for me. I, mean, I, I think I even know? like it now, their banter now, better than I did. Uh, well, yeah, we get know, a lot more of the jokes, it. right? Yeah, you get it more. Yeah, yeah. right, right. Uh, this episode is on the network, so if you have Peacock, you can – uh, scroll down, which is why for this show, we're not going to get too much into the banter because I just felt like if you haven't watched it um, or haven't watched it in a while, I just kind of want to spoil that stuff. The matches is one thing, um, but sometimes I'll put a network, put a prime time out on the network and not even watch the matches. Just kind of yeah, scroll just through, or just watch Bobby, well, whatever. Once you get on Peacock, you got you to gotta pass by uh, that Casey Anthony special because she's a jerk, but she's kind of hot. <laughs> Casey Anthony. Well, nothing's worse than Netflix having to pass through those nitwits from England. Uh, Prince Jobber Harry and uh, Meghan Merkel or whatever her name is. Just absolute jabronis, those two are. I'm not an international person. I like everything around here. 122386 is the date of the show. Except for Toronto's Maple Leaf Gardens. (laughs) And the... uh, the uh, the show was just a couple days before Christmas, obviously, and it's got the Christmas theme, and it's why I wanted to pick it. I figured we're in the middle of December, let's do something festive, and this show is certainly that. Now, most yeah, wait, I'd like to apologize, Steve, yeah. before we continue. We we did uh, say on the last show we we're going to do Survivor Series '91, but the moment just kind of situ- passed on us, yeah. Passed on us the situation with my car while I was going through. So we'll get back to it. We, we'll, we'll get to it. Yeah, we'll, we'll get, get to it. it. But just wanted to, just yes. wanted to let that Good get point. out. Good point. Get out there. Good point. Right. Fair point. And for, I know that was kind of a request, so apologize to you, Dad. We'll get, we'll get to it. Maybe we'll do it in January or February. It doesn't have to wait till November for any reason. It, was, it, was, it, was, it would have been yeah. hard for me to watch it. You know, yeah. We just, all of that was going on. This was an easier watch. Yeah, this just worked out better. We'll get to it. We promise. Yeah. All right. Uh, the, most of the matches that are shown in this episode of superstars most because of course one isn't from it but most of them are from the 12 6 86 card at the boston garden now one which thing I, I mentioned uh hulk and kamala main event you did uh, that match that. Yeah, obviously but, not going to be shown but right very good is. very good that's a little bit newer than i think i would have guessed they were you know i think because sometimes especially some of the earlier ones you'll watch they'll oh, show yeah. a match like a year old you know or whatever but I, 
Yeah. She's shown 84 matches yeah. in, 80, like, in, in 86. And, yeah. and they'll, they'll be honest about it. They'll be like, this match was from 1984. <laughs> you just think, why the hell are they showing this? But I think at well, this, this time. Quite some, quite some time ago, Brain. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this time I think they're doing a little bit better about keeping the matches fresher, closer to airtime. And this is a good example of that. Now, the next episode that airs on 1230 they have some matches on there from four days prior at Madison Square Garden. Yeah, they're starting it. Yeah, they're stepping yeah, it up. Yeah, so now. they're definitely they're stepping it up. All right, the first match of the night, uh, which had Paula absolutely disgusted. But Paula Paula absolutely hated this match. She told me, she said, Dad, I don't even think they can call this a curtain jerker. Uh, it was Black Jack Mulligan pinning Jimmy Jack Funk with a flying back elbow at 530. After the bout, the bout, Mulligan was interviewed at ringside by Monsoon and Resnick. Resnick was the other uh, announcer of the Madison Square Garden matches. So, Killer Ken. Yeah, if you have never seen a primetime wrestling, and I would suggest you go to it, it's a studio show that Bobby Heenan and Gorilla Monsoon are in a studio, which I believe they it was in Maryland that the studio was that they recorded. Right, Baltimore. Not, eventually, eventually yeah. it moved to Stanford. But eventually whatever. it moved, but the, at this point it's in Maryland. Good ones. Yep, and um, they would then, a screen would kind of come up between them, and they'd kind of turn and watch the matches, and, and this was the match that they went to from the Boston Garden, like we said, and the first match was Black Jack Mulligan, Jimmy Jack Funk. Paula said, Dad, who is the good guy here? She was not impressed with the match or the guys and thought they were jobbers. And said that it wasn't even worthy of being called a, a curtain, curtain jerker. What do you think? This Dave? match, uh, well, the match is what it is. This match is also on uh, that Saturday night's main event, the January third one of '87. That's the, the final match, like the you know the go home, right? Match the blow off. The for these guys. I always like Mulligan. I think he's a very entertaining interview, and you know he's he's threatening looking wrestler. Wrestler, of course, the way a wrestler's supposed to look. But uh, after the the Blackjack team with Blackjack Lanza, you know, before our time. Every time he would come back, like nothing would become of it. He came back in late '84 into '85. He had that, uh, like that, his own Piper's Pit Blackjack barbecue, but didn't have any feuds. Nothing really happened. Gone again. Comes back here, same thing. They're supposed to have a. Now he's wearing dirty red underwear, and he parked his horse right outside the Boston Garden because he parks it wherever he wants. And um, you know, uh, he just he was supposed to have a feud with Outlaw Ron Bass, but uh, nothing ever. You know, they cut some promos on each other, but nothing ever became of it. I think right after WrestleMania three, uh, he was gone. So again, you know, just um, it doesn't seem to work out these singles runs uh, for the big blackjack. But this was just putting him over because he just well, he was um, God, I almost forgot he was one of the machines. So that was a main event angle, but it's still not Blackjack Mulligan, even right. though it's it's the per- it's the person, sure, Wyndham, whatever the fuck his name is, but um, Bob Wyndham. But uh, yeah, so they un- you know once the machines disbanded, they brought him back this way in the dirty red underwear. And, uh, yeah, a couple months he's gone. But I was always very entertained by his vignettes. Uh, Heenan, would, Heenan would come back on and say, uh, you know, all, the, all there is is dust in Texas, and all they do is listen to Willie Nelson, and Willie Nelson looks like he should be vacuumed. That had me in stitches. <laughs> <laughs> he looks like he is good. He looks like he should be vacuumed. That's a- I think I got a few people I say that about coming up. I love that line. I love the brain. Uh, after that, uh, oh, another thing is there. This episode is also on YouTube. So if you don't have um, 
uh, Peacock. You can watch this on YouTube. It's in parts. In it's parts, like, yeah, yeah. Which is a pain in the ass, but at least it's there. Yeah, I started. I, that's, yeah. that's how I started it. Because you sent me a link. You want to do this? I go, sure. I started it that way. And I'm like, fuck this. I'm gonna yeah. see if it's on Peacock. <laughs> yeah, it's a little bit of a pain in the ass, but at least it. If, if you, if you don't, if you had no other recourse, you could do that. You know what I mean? So that's stuff falling asleep and rewinding because then right. all, all of a sudden, like some uh, you know shoot interview with Jim Cornette's on your TV when you wake up. Oh right, right. Whatever it <laughs> when is. You're on YouTube, when you're on yeah. YouTube, you know, you yeah. when you wake up, something crazy's on. Yes, 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 yes. All right, next matchup, we got SD Jones, one of Dave's favorites. Uh, pin, it is. Pins Iron Mike Sharp at eight twenty-five with a backslide. Again, this was from the uh, Boston Garden. I think a little bit of a step up from the first match, but a little too long. At eight twenty-five is a bit much for these guys. I was kind of grinding out the last couple minutes. Uh, but I like these. Both these guys are kind of like comfort fruit. You know, they're from my era. They're yeah. from my day. You know, right. I always watched an Iron Mike Sharp match. I'm, I think Iron Mike Sharp matches on primetime are synonymous. Uh, he was on many of them. Um, He's very entertaining. And he is very entertaining. And now I just can't think about him taking a six-hour shower after the match. Because uh, he was notorious. <laughs> gorilla, for that. gorilla says that, that Gorilla was blaming exercising this time. Okay. He used to shower. Yeah. Yeah. He was off his game a little bit. Too much exercise. But um, what did you think of yeah, this one, Dave? Uh, well, I was I forgot who won this match. You know, because go either way. But I was I'm a you know, big LJN wrestling figure guy. And I know SD's figure was about to come out in in uh, January of '87. And uh, so I said they better make SD win here. You know, they got this figure coming out of a job guy. You know, that's probably not going to sell. And little did we know they made two of them, two different SDs. So I said they got to put them over here. And they did. So, sold a couple more dolls. Uh, after that, around this time, maybe it's after the next match or whatever, but we'll mention it. They did update the health of Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. Um, around Thanksgiving time was the match on Superstars where he had, where they started the big angle with, with the Macho Man. And, Amazing. Uh, and they uh, they continue it here. So, that's one of the other uh, things that they go to. And Heenan cracks a couple of funny jokes about Steamboat there as well, which you can check out. Uh, yeah, because you go e, e e yeah yeah he's practicing his speech. There's no F comes after E. He is on. He is really on fire. Yeah, he's good. He's really good. Uh, King Harley Race uh, pins Pedro Morales with his feet on the ropes. That no good cheater. Again, eight forty three felt a little bit long. Um, you know what? I like the King, and I like this run for him, um, and I love. The JYD, I wish they got a little bit more time at Mania, but I love that with the cheap shot and I really the way it went. Yeah. Uh, just a good good run, I think, for what it was. Um, but I don't know that I, I needed an 8-minute and 43-second match against Pedro. This one, I will admit, dragged at me a little bit. But um, perfectly perfectly finished, though. I hate when they put the feet on. He put his feet on the ropes, not in the corner by the turnbuckles. Like he did it like Flair kind of does it sometimes. In the middle of the ring, that's right. stupid. That was, you know, yeah. he, he, he could kick, I kick out from it. He could kick out. It's a, the whole feet on the ropes is stupid anyway. But when at least it's in, in the corner, it looks a little more realistic than in the middle of the ring. But uh, it's yeah, a lazy, it is what it is. lazy heel tactics. I feel like yeah, yeah, yeah it yeah. is what it is. You know, give him, give, give Morales a little brass nuts or you know, nail him with some nuts or something, or count him outside the ring, whatever. It is what it is. I'm gonna have to bring this card up. We're gonna have to take a look at it. But the people in the Boston Garden on. November, December 6th, 86, are patient. Patient individuals because next up. 
We're waiting for Hulk and Kamala. <laughs> really waiting. Next up, we have Dick Slater pinning Steve Lombardi with a butterfly suplex. Uh, a little bit shorter this time, but what do you think of Dick Slater and Steve Lombardi? Uh, Another one that that um, didn't do much with with his run in the WWF. Uh, they teased a feud with Jake because they they had feud um, they had feuded elsewhere in the territories. You know, they cut a few promos on each other, but never went anywhere. And Vince and made him a good guy, uh, the Rebel. I think he should have been a heel. I believe Vince th- thought he was too small to be a heel. To be, uh, you know, sure. and I, and I agree. Before. He should. He was miscast here. I think. Yeah. He's got that voice. I think he, he should have been with Orton and Morocco and them attacking Piper. That's just when he came in, right? Good I think call. that would have been. I think that would have been perfect for uh, for a good old Rebel there. But again, he's just came in around the same time as Mulligan and um, was gone around the same time as Mulligan. It's, very, it's a very similar situation with uh, not not much going on, but definitely one of the greats, Dick Slater. You know, but it uh, just didn't seem to work out in WWF for uh, Dick and. He didn't get an LJN figure, but SD did. All right. Now, this card was televised on, on Nesson, the New England Sports Network, uh, back in Boston there. And here are the matches that didn't air on primetime. You ready? So ready. It's, it's what we've had so far and a few more. And then these matches. Um, Jacques and Raymond Rougeau fought Mike Rotunda and Dan Spivey to a double disqualification. At 12, 12.01, when all four men began brawling in the ring. The rare double DQ in a babyface match, right? Um, then we had uh, Greg Valentine and Brutus Beefcake with Johnny V. Fought the Islanders to a 20-minute time limit draw after the bout monsoon. That inter- might be the match. This might be shown on another prime time. I, this is the match, I think, that I was just talking about. It had to be because it was Boston Garden. And my, my match was the Garden November 24th. Oh, the and one I with the same finishes, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this must air. Something maybe it aired a week before, a week after, a couple weeks after. Yeah, this is the match. And then Lord Littlebrook and Little Tokyo defeated Karate Kid and Pepe Gomez at eight eighteen when Kid drop kicked a dizzy Tokyo so that he landed on top of Gomez for the pin. After Tokyo gave Gomez an airplane spin. The referee made a very slow count to end the match, seemingly not realizing that it was the finish. Uh, yeah, small world. And then, small world. And then the main event, which was on the best of WWF Volume 12, uh, the champ, Hulk Hogan, pinned Kamala with the Wizard and Kimchi, 745, body slam, and leg drop. So. And it's funny because most of them, they, uh, they would come back. Right, uh, yeah, it's a know, very, uh, very Kamala definitive, clean pro- yeah, uh, finish boom. there. Yeah, and, you know, my show, you know, they had a, a big DQ. Then they came back with the no DQ matches. I, you know, in, in Toronto, they came back with the cage match. So, yeah, just definitive, one, two, three. Well, all those matches getting 20 minutes, 12 minutes, 8 minutes. You knew there had to be some short ones. And this is an example of that. Dino Bravo with Johnny V pinned Corporal Kirshner at 332 with a back suplex and a fast count from the referee after Johnny V distracted Kirshner. From the now this apron. this one was on the on the prime time. Now yeah, we're, we're back. We're back to that. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Any thoughts on this one? I was never a big Kirshner fan. Um, you know, he was generic uh, Sergeant Slaughter. Yeah, he was yeah, on well, the A team, so I like that. But um, and I liked his figure. I had his figure. I think everybody did. Everyone had that uh, one. That was, yeah, that shelf warmer. Yep. Uh, like I like I said before, I got into wrestling in summer '86. So by then, they were starting a job. 
uh, good old Corp out by then. So, you know, he was never really much to me. But I know, you know, obviously, in hindsight, going back the year prior, he had a run. He beat Nikolai at WrestleMania too. You know, he had, had some wins here and there. It was a little over, not really, a little bit. They tried, and he and, tried. Uh, I got a funny yeah. story. Uh, Jerry Stewart made me, a friend of mine, uh, last Christmas, made me go see some Marvel movie. They're all the same to me. I'm sorry if people are into that shit. I'm not. I'm very bored. I mean, I'm into the old ones, maybe, but I, not for me. I had nothing going on, so I'll go with you. And then like, I got like a, a, my phone on silent, but you know, I'm like, I'm so bored by this movie. I'm just looking at it on silent. I'm like, fucking Corporal Kirshner died, and you got me here at this movie. <laughs> That's, That's where I was when uh, Corporal died. <laughs> you know, he's stuck here. I want to go. Uh, you want to go more and but... more in the with the yeah. Corporal, yeah. And, and you're stuck. Uh, LJN. You're stuck at Iron all. Man three. Yeah, you're stuck at Iron Man yeah. three or something. Spider Man something. And I like, yeah, I don't know. Whatever <laughs> was out last year it was like nine hours long. Oh shit! <laughs> and then you ruined his life afterwards, and yeah. the family was oh, mad he gets at you. Mad. Yeah, the family. yeah. He gets, he gets mad if you don't like what he likes, but I guess I did too. All right, uh, the Junkyard Dog defeats Adrian Adonis via countout 7-34 after Adonis ran into the ring post uh, while on the ring apron. Now, this is what I was kind of talking about, and there's an even bigger one after this. What a Junkyard Dog-Adrian Adonis match. That's big stuff on TV in these days. Right. And this was, I thought, really good, and I was a fan of both of these guys, especially Adonis. The way that this guy bumps. I mean, he's one of the great bumpers of all time. That head over heels in the corner bump he did, and... Some of the other things. He was really, really great. Well, underrated wrestler. Very somebody, underrated. Probably, I would say, 50% of these smarks nowadays, AEW smarks, probably never even heard of him. You know Which what I mean? Which is sad. It's sad that that's yeah, and, the case. And they're, yeah. all, and they're all about work rate and fat guys like Kevin Owens and you know and stuff like that. And this is and the originator. This is the originator yeah. of that, yeah. And they probably never even heard of him, those neckbeards. Yeah, idiots. Well, he's great, and this is great, and I like this match. Uh, 7.34, about the right amount of time. Uh, I thought there was some really good crowd work by JYD. Uh, I thought Adrian was a great heel. This is right around the time where both of their feuds are getting are brewing for WrestleMania three. Uh, JYD obviously would go on to Harley Race, as we mentioned, and Adonis be in the big retirement match with Piper, arguably the third biggest match of the night at WrestleMania three. So uh, really good stuff here. I like this one. Anything else on this one from you, Dave? No, um, similar ending to uh, the big event in Toronto, uh, the summer prior, summer of 86, that big uh, 70,000 Hogan against Orndorff was released on Coliseum Video. It might be on the network. You know, of course, you know what I'm talking about. Yep. We'll do that. We'll do that. Oh, we will definitely soon. do that one. Yeah. But uh, yeah, similar, similar match. The adorable one and JYD had uh, that night. The big event. Yes, sir. All right. Before we get to Hogan's match, I want to talk just for a minute or two about the Heenan and Gorilla stuff. We talked about it a little bit, their banter, their chemistry. The big thing on this night was the gifts. Who's got mm-hmm. a gift? Who, you know, he Bobby would always go to the phone. He'd have to call his assistant. Uh, you know, Gorilla would tease Miss Betty. Miss Betty. And we never, Miss Betty was like Dr. Claw and Inspector Gadget. You never saw Never, her. never, never made it. an appearance on screen. But yeah. I like to think she was. I wonder if it was some kind of a rib. She had to be somebody. You know what I mean? Like somebody, you know, maybe somebody they were back. Uh, I don't think Gorilla and Bobby were, were those kind of guys. But, you know, somebody, somebody was banging. Somebody was or banging or something. Or something. Yeah. Yeah, 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 Betty something. Or you know, or just some, some secretary. Miserable 
hideous something something they didn't like grinded their gears i feel like there was a lot of times where someone should ask pritchard who that was i don't think anybody ever has i think there's a lot of times where gorilla and heenan are talking about something and we think it's one thing but they're completely talking about something else you know i think they're masters at that too kind of weaving their own stuff in and out there's something behind miss betty that's never been asked what what do you have anything else? Anything you wrote down? Anything you thought of? Anything that comes to mind watching this? Just about the the wraparounds that made primetime so great with uh, Gorilla and um, Bobby. Uh, it's just uh, it, it's just they just had chemistry. Some people just have chemistry together. You know, some men and women have chemistry together to be a couple. Some you know, some people have chemistry to be friends, and they just had chemistry to be funny, funny friends together. Just it just worked. And um, everything they do is is just hilarious, and it's and, and, and I never get sick of it. it never gets old. Um, I don't know. It's just it's just it's one of those things. Amazing. No matter what's going on in my life, no matter. And this, I you know that put this to the test. Like, there's a couple late nights alone in the hospital this year. Whatever things aren't going great. I miss my daughter, my wife, my family, my life bored to be in there i need something you can go to bobby and gorilla if you like it helps it's just there's just something about these guys they were so uh so damn good um, when my car got stolen it's funny i said that um they were i i don't know some youtube thing came on out of just like wrestling from 1992 was on still my era and it's a little late but still my era and Gorilla and Bobby were announcing, and uh, it was Gorilla that was funny. Sergeant Slaughter, it didn't last long, but he was going to be like the new special enforcer to keep yep. an eye on the referee, the yep. referees. And I, you know, I was down and out, brother, down and out. I had this on, and Gorilla Monsoon, Sergeant Slaughter's out in the aisle watching the match, denying the referee. And Gorilla goes, you heard of the long arm of the law? Well, this is the long jaw of the law. <laughs> I was just laughing my, laughing my ass off. I thought nothing could make me laugh. Just the way he said it. You know, the yeah. long jaw of the law. <laughs> I think I would have got. And, um, yeah, so. I would have got along good with Gorilla because I know he's a big sports gambler. Now, I'm not a big gambler, but I love talking about the games. And I th- I just picture Gorilla calling me up. You know, who do you got? You got the over, you got the under. What should I bet? You know, I just. I, I would have loved to talk sports with Gorilla because I know he loves sports and loves betting the games and things like that. Right. All right. So, last, uh, the main event, the feature tonight is the WWF World Champion Hulk Hogan uh, with uh, faces off Hercules with Bobby Heenan. Um, again, this was from Saturday Night's Main Event, 11-15-86, Los Angeles, California. So we're going to switch to that, uh, courtesy of our friends at the Place to Be Nation podcast. We got some notes here, and I'll go through them. We revisit a clip from when Slick sold the contract of Hercules to Bobby Heenan entitled yeah, The so Sellings of Hercules. Bobby wants to write a check. And Slick says he only deals in cash, brother. They both put over Herc. And Slick says he's only selling them because of the huge offer. They walk up to the bank teller. Bobby withdraws huge stacks of cash. Slick hands over the contract. And there's more to it than that. Check it out for sure if you haven't seen it. Uh, Gene then chats with Hercules and Heenan about their huge upcoming bout. Gene takes a dig at Bobby's credit as well. Uh, Gene then talks to the (laughs) Hulkster. About defending the title in his this backyard. Is the, this is one of the most famous Hulk's inter- interviews ever. Great. A great one. He's in his backyard in, in so-called. I'll, I'll put this one at the beginning of the show. Uh, Hogan does his usual and is ready to rock. Calling out Heenan as well. 
saying he will knock down anyone he throws at him. I'm hung and bung on the Titanic. This is a quote. My main man, Eve, 10,000 leagues under the sea. <laughs> All right. I mean, my main squeeze Eve, my main man, Eve. Main squeeze Eve. This is where the power lies, pointing at the center of his hand. What do you think that means? I don't know. Another thing. Center of the universe kind of a thing, I guess. I don't know. Remember, and then Jesse, you know, Jesse has a lot. You'll get to it. has a lot to say about it. Yeah, we'll go through it here. Hogan and Hercules. It's a big time spot for Hercules as he works his way into a national TV title. About That's why I, I, I'll never understand the people. I, I don't want to lose. You know, I can't. Honky Tonk wouldn't lose on TV. What a spot. I don't care if you win or lose. To be with Hulk on Saturday's main event in this era. And the money. Was huge NBC. for your career. A huge payday. A double payday. You get paid by NBC and you get paid by uh, WWF. But anyway, uh, he puts over Heenan as manager. Uh, Jesse does. Uh, because he got him his shot immediately after nabbing the contract. Hogan is still battling Paul Orndorff around the country. But needs some other guys uh, to keep busy with. So having Herky in the mix is... Uh, another Heenan guy makes a lot of sense. Uh, Herc is really juiced off and massive here again. These are Justin's. the the uh, The opinions are those of Justin Rosero from the the Sports to Be Nation, uh, the Place to Be Nation podcast. But he saves me a lot of time uh, by take, giving me these notes because then I don't have to redo them. They're already done. No reason for someone else to redo them. No. Uh, Hogan is full red and yellow, the classic look outside of his. No, knee. he's got the uh, bl- blue knee pads, brother. I was gonna get there. Oh, I apologize. Uh, yeah. Uh, outside of his knee pads, which are blue, uh, Vince and Jesse are still calling Herc Hernandez here. After we break, we start a test of strength. Herc wins, but initially, but Hulk powers up and forces Herc down until the ca- the challenger cracks him in the chest with a headbutt and then runs him into the corner. Herc clubs away with some hard strikes, but Hogan shoots him into the buckle and lands a clothesline in right hand, followed by a running knee lift. Bobby jumps on the apron. So Hogan chases him around ringside. Ho- Heenan bails back outside, and Hogan catches Herc with a big boot and a slam, but Herc dodges an elbow drop. Uh, Herc goes to work on the lower back as Jesse wonders why Dave Hebner is the ref again here for such a big match after getting clobbered in the last match. Uh, Herc looks, locks in a tight bear hug and then releases Hulk and drops him with a hard backbreaker. Uh, Herc hoists Hogan up into another backbreaker rack and shakes him around before dropping him when he thinks Hulk gave up. Hepner tells Herc that Hogan never gave up, and Jesse flips out about it. Vince said Hogan is the only uh, man to withstand that hold, and Herc angrily stomps around before eventually covering for a two-count. The champ uh, Hulk hulks up as Herc looks stunned and frustrated with what's happening. Uh, Hogan starts to unload right hands and an elbow and then slings Herc from the corner before chopping him down. Crowd's going nuts at this point. Hulk drills Herc with the big boot and drops the leg for the win. As Hulk celebrates, Jetsy bitches and says he has the refs and Tony in his pocket and the WWF should switch to instant replay. Um, this is now, I'll give you Justin's recap, his thoughts on the match uh, just for fun. This was a fun TV title match and I thought Herc looked really good here, showing off his power and aggression throughout. And they protect his finisher a bit while also making him look kind of dumb too, which is fine for a heel. Heels can be dumb. Uh, Heenan bumped around like a madman, and that was good, too. Hogan looked great, as always. Just a mega rock star out there. Good start to a huge Saturday Night's Main event, pumping out quality matches, and he gave it two and a half stars, uh, which is pretty low for me. Uh, we'll get to grades in a minute for us, but uh, Dave, what do you think of the match? 
Loved it. I was still at the age of innocence here where I wasn't cocky yet about the Hulkster. I thought he was going to lose. You know, I was scared because of the big, uh, you know, switch with Slick and Heenan. It really looked like, oh, this is this is a big deal here. And I, I, I guess I had rented WrestleMania 2 and saw him hurt, lose a steamboat. Maybe not. I mean, I got into wrestling summer 86. I had to have. But they changed Hercules. They cut his hair. You know, he was. He looked. Be- he got. You know, he was better shape. Yeah, he was he under the, the. He yeah, had the yeah. real manager now. He had the man. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So yes, I was very nervous that you know this was going to be it. I wasn't uh, cocky yet. That kind of came after WrestleMania three. And uh, yeah, so I mean, I, I, I love the match. Um, I loved how the last time Hulk wore blue knee pads. <laughs> um, I love Jesse. You know, carrying on about Hulk giving up in the. In the backbreaker, and he would still bring that up on Superstars weeks later. That was a great later. spot, by the way. That was really yeah. well done. That was really well done. Great spot. Yeah. Well done. Hercules is such an underrated wrestler. He's a great bumper. Nobody gives him any kind of credit whatsoever. I don't know why. I don't know why he's not in the Hall of Fame. It, it makes no sense to me. The guy was around from 85 to 92, the, the epitome. And do you think that right here, November of 86, I mean, WrestleMania 3 is March, so I think this is the most popular the WWF has ever been. Attitude ever aside, whatever, that's stupid shit. I, but I think this is really when it was right now. I'm sure this rating, well, the March 87 Saturday this main event is the biggest one, but I'm sure this was a very high rating. I apologize for not having it here. But, uh, yeah, just, 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 just amazing stuff. Um, Hulk, was, just like, like Justin said, Justin said it really good. That was one of I can't say it much better than that. Hulk was a superhero, unbelievable superhero. Hercules, great bad guy, great wrestler. Bobby's out there bumping. Jesse and Vince, you know, going at it. Can't ask for anything more, man. I have the rating uh, if you want it. Justin, you said two and a half. No, I have the rating like for the television oh, oh, rating. The TV, ra- TV rating, okay. Yeah, Let's 9.7 rating this night. Okay. So that's, yeah, up, that's, that's up from uh, October, which was a 9.4. And then it would just build. It yep. would build in '87, um, where we had a 10.6 in January and 11.6 for March. And obviously, the February '88 main event, not Saturday Night's main event, was the 15.6 or whatever. Right, the yeah, highest rated wrestling show of all time. Yeah, of all time. Yeah. <laughs> Attitude out of my ass. But anyway, uh, um, <laughs> all jokes aside, uh, yeah, I'm gonna uh, start reading. Um, this is a good one, man. I'm going to go three and a half. Yeah, I'll go three and a half, too. There, there was just I talked about how big, you know, for me, primetime was, and it, and it was. But Sarah Night's Main Event was the show, and there's something about you would the show would start, and the first thing they would say, we have this many title defenses. You know, the emphasis on the titles was there, and just to see Hulk wrestle for the title, you know, the nerves of is he going to lose the title, is this the end of the run, you know, is this it? And I thought they did a great job building the drama with uh, the 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 Hercules things he submitted, but he didn't. And for a second, you're like, wait, did he? You know, kind of a thing. And yeah, just, the, the innocence helps too. And yeah, I the innocence for me. Really, that really well him. done. And the rock star, Justin, I think, commented about it. It's what it was. Hulkamania was a movement, you know, a rock star movement. And this is the peak. It's building towards the peak of it. Um, in 87, I think, which is, would be the the, know, the mega peak. But, yeah, it was really, really great. If this was November of 87, not November of 86, 
I would have been watching. There's no way fucking Hulk's gonna lose a fucking Hercules. You know what I mean? Sure. Excuse my language. But I was innocent in November of 86, so it made it so much different that way. It's so much more exciting for me. Yeah, really, really well done. I'll, I'll stick with you at three and a half. I like that. I think that's a fair grade for it. Uh, Justin, he doesn't even think Steamboat Savage is five stars, so I'm not going to worry about his ratings much. I love him, but ridiculous. But uh, What did he give it? Two and a half he gave it. No, no, no. Steamboat Savage. Oh, four and a half. When we get to that, there is one minor thing that I don't like about it. But yeah, well, you're stupid too. Then it happens. Yeah, we all we'll make we all make mistakes yeah. in life. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, with that said, I think we did it. I'm, I'm, I like this one. Watch it for the holidays. Take your time and watch. Uh, I like when during December. Some things I always watch. I watch a holidays prime time, and I watch Gene's show. I watch one of the holiday uh, Mean Gene. Um, all Americans. All Americans are fun to watch too. Uh, if you want to do that, he makes his phone, his fake phone calls where he's talking <laughs> to nobody on the phone. And is very one of his dear, close personal. Friends. Yes. He's on the phone with, you know, Barbara Bush or, you know, <laughs> Mrs. <laughs> Claus. Bush, yeah. Like, you know, that oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's so good. So watch that. All right. We still got stuff to do tonight, right? We got to do emails. We got to um, uh, look do some plugs. We got to look ahead to the next show. So let's take a break. And we got one more segment coming up after this. You ready? Gotcha. All right, we'll be right back. I am a real American. Fight for the rights of every man. I am a real American. Fight for what's right. Fight for your life. Twenty-four inch podcast season two episode five last segment. Uh, quickly, I wanted to do some plugs. Don't forget to check out the Sportscasters podcast. My award-winning show is finishing season number uh, twelve, and I'm um, getting ready for season thirteen in two thousand and. 23 which means the show will be 12 years old next year uh you can follow me on twitter at sports congratulations yeah thank you at sports underscore casters or email me the sportscasters at gmail.com um i appreciate that the latest episode andrew marchant from the new york post uh dave's favorite newspaper up in the uh tri-state area uh the new york post andrew writes for that for sports media we talk about that in the world cup and also uh s scott uh excuse me uh Stuart mandel uh, from the athletic, we talk college football, the Heisman Trophy, the playoffs, expansion, the portal, all that stuff. Paul is on that episode. Uh, one last thing, uh, I talk about the Saints and their disastrous season. Um, all kinds of stuff there. The Sportscasters, again, soundcloud.com slash sports-casters. the same spot that you find this show. Don't forget, greetings from Allentown at GF Allentown Pod. Uh, it's GF Allentown Live now with Keithy. Uh, rest in peace to greetings from Allentown, one of the great us wrestling podcast of all time. Come on, Petey, bring it back. Bring it back. Give us some more. Um, but wants it back. for now, it's him and Keithy. And what are they doing right now? 88, right? Oh, yeah, they went to 
to 88 uh, during yeah. the fall of 88. Fall of 88. Good show as well. Good show as yeah. well, but I still miss regular greetings from Meltdown. And thanks again to Justin and Scott for the notes that we used there for the Hulk match. Check out their show, Place to Be Nation uh, flagship show, uh, which I'll be on in January. Uh, the 24-inch podcast, again, is this one at 24-inch podcast on Twitter, uh, 24-inch podcast at gmail.com. Uh, we try to do a show every other week. We didn't do great about that in uh, 2022, but 2023 is going to be our year, Dave. We try. We're almost kind of like Saturday Night's Main Event. Yeah, we kind of never know. You got to look for us. It's out when it's out. <laughs> Listen, the, the, <laughs> we're flawed individuals. We do, we do what we can. Um, all right, Dave, uh, let's transition to emails. And you say we, we've given our friend Tim an assignment uh, for this week. So fair enough. We should give him a minute to have his say. What does Tim have for us tonight? Get to, oh, I'm going to get to that, but I'd also like to let you know I got one from Kevin Hogan uh, last minute as well. Beautiful. So I have two here. All right. Okay, so we'll do Tim first since he came in first, and I really like his question. All right. Uh, nice, short, and sweet. How do you feel about the Mr. America character? Oh, and by the way, CM Punk still sucks ass. Hell yeah, I agree with that. I can't agree with that more, brother. Thank you so much. That put a smile on his handsome face. Uh, How do I feel about the Mr. America character? I loved it. I thought that was really cool. And I, you know what? When they were running the vignettes, I didn't even know. I don't think you know, I was 23 years old. I didn't know it was going to be Hulk. I think I did find out, whatever. And I thought the uh, you know the lie detective test with Mr. McMahon was great. I went to the garden and, and saw Mr. America in action and all. But uh, Vince didn't want to pay Hulk what he de- what he deserved at the time because Hulk was the most over guy in the company in 2003, more so than The Rock and Austin. I don't care what anybody says. Ratings weren't what they were in 2000 in 2003 but hulk got the biggest pops and was the most over guy in the company in 2000 in that time in 2003 so he should have been paid correctly so uh they dropped vince didn't want to pay him so they you know hulk left and he didn't come back to all five so uh they dropped the character which is unfortunate because i there was rumors that like it was going to be like luger when they unmasked him or something that would have been awesome they and tim uh, they did that old territory thing like the machines did it in the wwf but it's andre the giant i'm sure you remember that tim right. same gimmick dusty Rhodes did it in, you know uh, who it NWA. is but you don't right like it's kind of yeah, like wink yeah. wink like it's not that guy oh, yeah yeah right right awesome stuff loved, loved every minute of it yeah i mean American, uh came back for that because hulk was using voodoo child which was, come on you know what i mean not in the wwf like that's real american we want yeah so t- but we got that for mr america here's what i'll say about mr america any Hulk in 2003 is good Hulk, right? I mean, just having him go. then in 2003, I w- like you say he's the biggest. I have no idea if he was. I wasn't connected enough with it to even tell you. But when someone told me Hulk was on Raw, Hulk was here, Hulk was there, all right, I watched that, and right. I did, you know? And it was good, so it's too bad we didn't get more of it. Um, I would have enjoyed it. So good question, Tim. Oh, one thing about CM Punk, who I don't hate him as much as you guys. I don't, I'm don't. i not a fan of him by any means, but the Money in the Bank match with John Cena, whatever year that was, is great. So I got to give him that, but that's more Cena than him. So, uh, but I, mean, I don't care. I don't care about him wrestling or ring. He was, keep, keep that mouth shut. <laughs> yeah. Well, look at he wears yeah, his wears his welcome out wherever he goes. Right. At yeah. first, all it was oh, I love AEW. I love working that, here. That face. It's the best company. And then what happens? The, he everyone hates each other before it ends. Right. So that's how it how it goes with him. So he's got that fuck face too. Uh, yeah. Yeah, he's a joke. So I keep cursing. I'm trying because Paul's not on the line here because we're, we're doing this at different times. I keep cursing. And I apologize. All right, what do you got from uh, Kevin? I don't know. I'm about to read it for the oh, first all time. All right, let's hear it. Came it. in, so like this, it. this is going to be news to all of us. This Drama. Is like me reading. 
like the teacher asking you to read a textbook in 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 on school. So let's see what it is. Hopefully nothing bad about me. Guys, I'm sure <laughs> guys, I'm sure you covered this, but I'll ask anyway. Maybe it's my recollection, but it seemed like Hercules was misused and could have been a bigger deal. He had a feud with DiBiase. Power and Glory wasn't given a real chance. He lasted like 40 minutes in one Royal Rumble, and the next year gets tossed out almost immediately. Plus, he gets squashed by Sid Vicious. What happened? Uh, yeah, I guess I'll go first. Um, sure. Yeah, we kind of did cover it. Yeah, I, I, I never really got it got it either. I, I don't think – I think um, if they weren't going to turn him face in 88, he may have had to leave and go somewhere else, you know, because you only could be around for a certain amount of time before they got to start jobbing you out. But he just wasn't a good face. He didn't have that connection to, uh, to be a good guy. So it, it didn't work out. And we went back to power and glory. They should have got the belts. But, you know, the whole thing with the LOD coming in, Nasty Boys coming in, they were just a little oversaturated, I guess, at the time um, for uh, Herc and Roman to get the belts there. And uh, the, the Sid thing, you know, he was on his way out at the time. So he was just putting them over. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's just one of those things I just think really feel like he should bend the Hall of Fame for quite a while now. And he's not. Uh, I mean, I, I just agree in general with the premise. Like, yeah, he, he deserved better, right? Like, he, they didn't get as much out of his talent as they should have. Like, he was a better wrestler than he got the chance to show in the company. Um, and Power and Glory, I think, is the missed opportunity. Because right. anyone you talked to about wrestling back there said that was a cool team. You know, they looked they, cool. They, that it, finisher it, was yeah. amazing. They had something there, and for whatever reason, Vince didn't get behind it or whatever. It just didn't go where it could have. But I think he that, didn't like uh, Vince didn't like Roma's size. Yeah, he and was it, a great athlete, which too, is stupid. Sure. Who cares? Yeah, you know, and, and, especially if you have Hercules. Yeah, that's, he's the power. Roma's the glory. You know, let him be the glory. Um, but like his mic work probably held him back a little bit. Like he's not the greatest on the mic. Maybe that Vince didn't like that. I don't know. But I, I think if you're going to say, where did they miss on Herc? I think that's where they missed, right? I think that, like, heel Herc, he had a great run. I mean, he was in a huge match in WrestleMania 3. He's in a match in WrestleMania 2. You know, like Kevin said, he, he won 40 minutes in a rumble. I think heel Herc had great moments, and that's a good run. That's as good as just about anyone in that era that wasn't top guy, you know, yeah he's top a, guy, a top sure. 15 guy or whatever the number is 15? but a, yeah a really 12. good heel of the era but i and, and face it didn't work they tried it didn't work okay no big deal uh, what, win over Haku at right. the opener five that's about it yeah but know, where so. they really missed where they really blew it is power and glory should have been a bigger deal than it was so that's my good opinion. question yeah thank you kevin all right we got one on our email uh two four inch podcast at gmail.com from our friend Lucas Calhoun. Uh, Lucas says he's enjoying the season. I got to agree with Dave and give the match four stars. I, I guess he means whatever match we were talking about in the last show. Uh, it was a perfect TV match. You got everything you wanted. Oh, the Bob Orton match. Uh, okay. And Bob Orton still kept kind of strong with the rope breaking and him not able to use his superplex. Uh, he's got a request. Yeah. He wants us to do the August 10th, 1984 show from St. Louis. Hulk battles the not so lovable at the time George the Animal Steel. So under the direction of the USS Fuji. I would love to do this show. It's very high on the list for 2023. It's just a matter of can we? Is that out there? Do we have that? I don't know. Lucas, if you have it, but I might be in pieces. All right, well, Lucas, if you have a link to this show or you can tell us where to find it, let me know. Um, I'll well, I know. I the, the match is Steel Hulk match. I know the match. I right, that's available though. But the whole card as a whole. 
I think we have it. Okay. Well, then we'll do, we'll do it. We will do yeah. it in 2023 for you, Lucas. I promise. Yeah. All right. Here's this question. Do you guys think if the Hulkster took more secondary movie roles, he could have had a longer, more memorable movie career? Were you always going to be too big of a presence for those kind of roles? Thanks, and keep up the great job. Dave, you want to go first? Yeah. I'm going to go with a big yes, because people love him in Rocky Three, and they love him in Gremlins too. Yeah. Everything else, they kind of, eh. It's kind of like a child actor. You're stuck in that, that's Hulk Hogan. You know what I mean? But if it's a cameo or, you know, a, a cool... A cool thing, yeah. I I think that may have worked uh worked out a little better for him, you know. Like did he got a lot of that? Oh, he can't act, you know, about certain people and stuff. I maybe he couldn't. I don't know. Maybe he wasn't that good. But is a Rock really a good actor? I don't know. Who the hell wants to watch it? I've never seen a Rock movie. I don't think besides Tooth Fairy. But um, <laughs> stop. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, but I I I'm gonna go with yes. Yeah, people love him. And, Gremlins too, man. The the- I remember the theater popping. My friend Anthony Pagano had seen the movie already. He goes to see m- movies multiple times, which I never really understood why people do that. Tim does that too in the theater, and um, he said it's a surprise for you. I, said, I had no idea. I just, uh, the, you know, I like love the Gremlins. I'm an '80s kid. Thought it's something to do with Gremlins. Then all of a sudden, here it comes, and there's you know, you see there's Hulk sitting in the theater, and it, the theater started cheering, you know, when when everybody saw him. Mm-hmm. So uh, no, yeah, that was really cool, and uh, I, but I like um, *Perfect Commando*, *Mr. Nanny*, silly movies. I like them. Uh, not wrong with them. Look, we're uh, all they, we're they're, all they're people. not going to go anywhere. Yeah, we're all people. We love the stuff he does. Look, I, I wish you I would, would like. I, I think even if, if someone else was playing a role, I would still kind of like those kind of movies because it's kind. I'm simple that way. Like, you know, not love them, but like I could watch them a movie like that. You know. Yeah. I think Whatever. he could have been great in some ensemble type roles. Like, what's that movie that Steve Austin's in with Stallone and all those guys are in it? I can't think of the name of it. Oh yeah, the um, Shine Down has that song, right? Uh, yeah, um, not the um, Dependables or Expendables. Expendables, yeah. Like he'd be great yeah. in something like that. So yeah, absolutely. I think he should have done more things like that. You know, maybe a bad guy. Well, he did when. When he was WCW, was doing like those B movies on TNT with Shannon Tweed and shit. And yeah, like, no, like, not that. Movies. Yeah, no. Big Hollywood stuff, you know, where he could have been one of the bad guys in a Batman movie or something. Or yeah, well, th- well that's why they shaved you know. his mustache in uh, WCW because he tried out to be Mister Freeze uh, for one of the Batmans. Uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger got it. I mean, so obviously, fair enough. Get it yeah, over, fair enough. Over yeah. Arnold, but uh, yeah, yeah, but uh, he tried there. That would have been cool. Yeah, I wish he would have. I think he, he yeah. yeah, to answer the question, I think he could have done well in, in you know, Be Cool or, you know, The Rock was in that one, right? The um, the big, huge cast, you know, with... Um, I'm so sick of him, I don't even know. Well, forget The Rock, because the point <laughs> is, is Everywhere that I look, there he is. Austin, Rock, other wrestlers have done this. There would have been room for him to fit in in smaller roles in big movies, and I oh, think... I like... I like- like the rock i'm not talking about him like see i'm punk but i'm just kind of sick of looking at him <laughs> all right fair enough you know i mean? uh, burn it yeah. out he certainly puts himself yeah. out there quite uh, a bit so yeah. yeah um he definitely risks that kind of burnout because he is everywhere um yeah. but uh yeah tremendous a tremendous star though tremendous i think it would have done well for hulk to do to do yeah. more of this stuff all right uh next time out uh we will do one more we have one more show uh in 20 22 through hell or high Fingers water crossed. no through hell or high God, water happens to me i will make sure that dave and i 
and Paula find a way, even if it's 20 minutes, uh, to get at least one more piece of audio up for you in 2022 uh, to close out the season. It's been a rough year for us, but we're going to close it out the right way. 2023 is going to be our year. But what we're going to do, we think we're going to do for the holidays, we'll maybe look at one of the episodes of the rock and roll cartoon, the Saturday morning cartoon, um, one or two episodes. We're going to do something like that, something I have yeah. to love the one where they turn into little kids from eating Hillbilly Jim's uh, raccoon. And I would be glad to do that one. You know, anything yeah. like that. We'd have, to, we'd have to do two, though. We can't just yeah, we'll figure sure. it out, and we'll yeah. do one or sure. two of those or three or whatever. We have time. Like I said, we'll see what happens. But I as far as one, we though. got, it's only December, what, uh, 12th. Uh, so we got, you know, 20 days or whatever to, to be right after Christmas to do one. And that week before Christmas, Paul is off. Dave has some time off. Uh, so we'll find some time and we'll, we'll get it uh, out to you. So that's the plan for that. And then I would say between now and then, um, if you want to email us, uh, 24inchpodcast, 24inchpodcast at gmail.com or find us on Instagram or on Facebook or anywhere you are. If you have an idea for what you want the premiere of season three to be, um, you can reach out to us uh, and let us know. I have a couple ideas, but I want to do something big for the premiere of season three. Um, and if there's something you'd like us to do, we'll kick around some of your ideas. And even if we, we like don't do the rod, January the rumbles. Yeah, and even if, even if we don't do the if for the premiere, maybe your idea we do it in February or later or whatever. But uh, that's what we have to look forward to. So, uh, with that said, I ask you only to say your prayers, uh, take your vitamins, and tell a friend about the 24 inch podcast. Where is my money, brother?